0: And everyone here? Good evening, everybody. Um, Let me first pray quickly. Um, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So, we're in a season of thinking about sins of the tongue, and this seems very appropriate for the modern world, because I think this is one of the things that has changed over the, even over my lifetime. Our ability to sin has gone sky high. So I actually had lunch with two colleagues just last week, and they were talking about their favorite TV shows. One of them expressed a, to me extremely surprising love for Jeremy Clarkson's Farm, a TV show in which... TV host Jeremy Clarkson tries to set up a farm in the Cotswolds. This is kind of surprising. The other one told me how much she loved trashy reality TV shows. And the one that she particularly had in mind was called 90 Day Fiancé. Now, I should admit that I know next to nothing about reality TV because I'm a dinosaur. But um, I pushed her a little bit on this to find out what it was that she liked about 90 Day and what she said was this she really liked it in the shows when people crack under pressure they can maintain this facade of niceness and goodness for a bit but under the pressure of the television cameras and the ridiculous schemes of the producers they just break and she liked that she liked watching them crack in other words pleasure she got out of the show was seeing all of these people's infirmities on full display right there for us all of their weaknesses failings revealed on national tv for our entertainment so i put it like that it sounds terrible i'm sure there's something else too but it's this idea of infirmity that i want to keep in the back of our minds as we both read the passage and think through what it means to think about gossip and as a freebie, slander. Okay, so let me read the passage, and then i start thinking through what's going on. So 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So the first thing we need to think about is what's happening in the passage. Then we need to think about what's the problem in the passage. It's gossip. Then we need to think about why gossip is such a problem that Paul goes out of his way to discuss it here. And then lastly, I'd like to think about what we could do better. So the passage that I just read is part of a larger section where Paul is really talking about administration in the church. So specifically, the church has lots of widows. these are women who've been widowed because their husbands have passed away. And there's a question of how to care for them. Since there's a limited amount of church support, Paul wants to make sure that he can help Timothy see who needs it most and make sure that they get it. Note that it's assumed we're helping the widows. So don't forget that. We do need to do this. So specifically, he's really concerned about the older widows who don't have family help. So the widows who have family help can turn to their family. The widows who are younger can perhaps seek remarriage. But those who have neither really are dependent upon the church for support. But What's the danger here? The danger, and I think it's specifically the concern here, is if younger widows are brought into the support of the church, is that they won't have anything to do and that idleness would lead to gossip and to busybodiness. So, I think think that's the context of the passage here. So normally, when I get asked to give talks uh, on a Wednesday night, uh, Keith or Ben, whoever it is, picks on something I really struggle with. So it's anger or lust or something like this. This time, I'm not a widow, and neither are most of you, I don't think I'm that idle, although sometimes I am. And so we're, we're good, right? <laughs> Job done. End of the devotional. Well, okay, hang on. This is also one of those ones that I personally don't struggle with quite as much. And there's a danger in railing about something that's not your number one struggle. But I think, actually, as we think through gossip, you can see that it does apply to us. And it actually applies to me too. So we're not off the hook just yet. So gossip is the problem. What's the problem with gossip? Well, I want to first distinguish gossip from slander. And gossip is sometimes otherwise called whispering in the Bible as well. So if you go through Proverbs, you'll see all kinds of talk of whispering delicious morsels that are delivered from one person to another in secret. So there's a lot of discussion of that here. But it's not the same thing as slander. So I said I'd give you slander for free, so here it is. Other words, other sins of the tongue. Slander is saying something you know is false about somebody to make them look bad. It's really a bearing of false witness. And I think as Christians we can say that this is straightforwardly wrong. There's really no doubt about this. It's a ninth commandment violation right away. and That's it. No slander. Because we have to speak truth about our fellow man. Gossip. Gossip's a lot harder. Because at its root, gossip isn't making up something about somebody else. It's saying something that's true. So if you're gossiping about somebody, you're not making things up. Rather, you're saying something that's actually true about them. So what's the problem? Well, you're saying something that's true about them with a bad motive, revealing other people's infirmities for bad reasons and reveling in them. That is the problem with gossip. It's not that it's lying. It's that it's true. But it's true out of season, not truth in season. So, I think now we can see why this is forbidden. Gossip both breaks apart unity in the body. How can I confess sin to somebody who will broadcast it far and wide? But it also builds a unity, a unity between the person gossiping and the person sh- uh, hearing and enjoying the gossip. So, it, both builds, it builds up a unity that's bad and breaks a unity that would otherwise be good. The unity it builds is between a group of people sharing secrets, and this isn't the kind of unity we should try and build in the church. There's a danger to confession. Once again, you, you're just not, it's going to be next to impossible to confess your sins to somebody who you suspect is going to broadcast it to everybody who's listening and resent it. That's, that's not the road to a good discipleship culture where you can confess things freely and expect to be forgiven. That's, that's not how that works. And it's also a missed opportunity. If we're called to bear one another's burdens, if we're told that love covers a multitude of sins, that's 1 Peter 4, 8, or that love keeps no record of wrongs, 1 Corinthians 13, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Then we can't gossip. Because gossip is doing none of those things. Gossip doesn't cover a multitude of sins, it reveals them. Gossip is keeping a record of wrongs, which we're told we oughtn't do. And it delights in evil and infirmity, which again is not fitting for a Christian. And so for me, I think this is where the gossip is most tempting to me. It's not that I like to share it, it's that I sometimes like to hear it. So as a professor, I frequently hear students moaning about some professor, so poor professor such and such. Oh, class is too hard. He can't teach. He never does anything. True story for me, he's too slow grading. And you know, you don't just hear it from students either. You hear it from your colleagues, too. It's like, oh, I can't believe Professor and such and such. Why is he on that committee? He's such a loud mouth. Stuff like that. And I think the temptation there is that it makes you feel good because you can compare yourself to your fellows and their worst infirmities and make yourself feel good in comparison. At least in comparison with Professor such and such. But you know they're saying the same things about you, too. You just haven't heard it yet. And so... Like That's the temptation where I feel it most strongly, is in trying to enjoy feeling slightly better than this other professor. But again, that's not a good thing at all. So, what is it that we can do better? Well, one thing that I think would be helpful to have in our, the back of our minds as we think about speech is what our forefathers in the faith have said about Speech. So if you've never had the chance to read the Westminster Logic Catechism, it's actually a pretty interesting document. Now, Keith will be glad to know I'm not going to read the whole thing, Uh, but I will, let me excerpt a couple of bits. So specifically, question and answer 144 and 145 really deal with the duties and the sins forbidden by the ninth commandment, thou shalt not lie. It's quite long, as you'd expect for Puritans, but let me read a couple of bits. So what are we supposed to do? What is the duty required by the ninth commandment? Well, let me just read a couple of bits. We should be loving, desiring, and rejoicing in the good name of our fellow Christians. We should sorrow for and cover their infirmities. We should readily receive a good report about a fellow Christian. We should be unwilling to admit of an evil report of a fellow Christian. We should discourage talebearers, flatterers, and slanderers. These are all things that our forefathers in the faith thought were commanded by the ninth commandment. I think we should take that pretty seriously. If we look at what are the sins that are forbidden in the ninth commandment, these include speaking the truth unseasonably at the wrong time or for the wrong reason or maliciously to the wrong end aggravating smaller faults, and also hiding, excusing, or extenuating sins. And lastly, let me point out this one, unnecessary discovery of infirmities. So these are all things that are involved in gossip. When we're gossiping about fellow Christians, we are doing all of these things. All of these things that our forefathers in the faith thought were expressly forbidden by the ninth commandment. Now I should say, that the Westminster Lodger Catechism is a catechetical document. So it does what it says on the tin. That means it's there to help you grow in your faith, to become a more mature believer. And so we should note that some of these things are actually kind of cross-purposes. So it's both a sin to speak the truth unseasonably and also to fail to speak the truth in season. So those two things are on the face of it Contradictory. And I think what we're supposed to do here is grow in faith, grow in wisdom, grow in knowledge, and realize when, is the, when we're failing to speak the truth in season and when we're speaking the truth out of season. And that's something that will take a growth in the knowledge of God to do. So there is some tension between those things. We're expected to grow in holiness and to grow in wisdom so we can know when we're speaking the truth in season or when we're speaking it out of season, when we're covering somebody's infirmity, which we should do, or when we're extenuating their sin, which we ought not. So we need to have the wisdom to know which is which, when it's time to speak the truth in love, and when it's not. So what should we do? I think there remain really three main responses for Christians. Well, three main circumstances: you are the gossip, you are the gossiped against, or you're gossiped to. So if you're gossiped against, let me say this first. I think the natural tendency here is to fight fire with fire. So maybe you would favor what we might call a robust response where you essentially raise the city to the ground and then salt the land on which it stood. It's a fairly robust response but we serve a God whose character is always to show mercy. And also, the prudent see danger and hides himself, but the simple go on to suffer, suffer for it. So how can we respond to these three situations? Well, if you are the gossip, stop. Your actions are breaking the church, and you're harming brothers and sisters, and those who receive your gossip too. We should know that this is a sin and that it can be forgiven when we believe in Jesus Christ. He has paid for all of our sins, both large and small. We shouldn't underestimate the damage that what we might think of a small sin can achieve. So is it gossip that we're spreading? How can we figure it out? Because fundamentally, remember, gossip is a true thing that you're saying about somebody else for bad reasons. Well, is it gossip? Well, would you say such a thing publicly? Or are you relying on an anonymous web app to say these things? Would you say it to their face? Are you ashamed of saying it? Shame is a powerful tool to show you that you're doing something wrong. Our culture is very suspicious of shame. It's very suspicious of guilt. If you want to hear a three-part lecture series on why guilt is a good thing, Lois Westerland gave one at the Center for Christian Study about 10 years ago, and you should go listen to it. But guilt is there to tell you you're wrong, okay? and so you should stop. Are your words loving? What is the motive for what you're saying? Is it to make yourself look good? Is it to make them look bad? What are you doing? And if you are gossiping, it may be that when you realize that this is a problem, and this may take time, you may feel compelled to ask for forgiveness from those you hurt. So, um, if this is the case, you, what am going to say? Um, if you feel compelled to ask for forgiveness from somebody that you've gossiped about, you should do it if you if you have that conviction of sin and the conviction that you should go ask for forgiveness don't quench the spirit you should do that sometimes we can get obsessed with all kinds of little things and i think i would hope that we can show each other grace in these things but if if the holy spirit has convicted you that no you should confess the sin then you really ought to So one last thing to say about that. There are lots of big sins that can sink a church and cause tremendous damage. Abuse, adultery, anger. All of these things can cause enormous trouble in the church. But an accumulation of small th- sins, like gossip, can also do enormous damage. There's more than one way to break a fellowship. It doesn't just require what we might call a big sin. So two, what if you're gossiped against? Sometimes, this may be a time to cover a multitude of sins. This does require you to forgive the person who's gossiped about you. Keith always describes forgiveness as a giving up of your right to be angry. Which is a hard thing to do. Because many of us struggle with giving up that right to be angry about being sinned against. It may require going to the person who's gossiped about you and telling them how this has hurt you and telling them to stop. If you have to do that, please go prepared to grant forgiveness. Because there aren't many things worse than saying, you've hurt me, oh, I'm really sorry, please forgive me, no. That shouldn't be. Note that forgiveness doesn't necessarily require a full restoration of the relationship as with a liar who you may no longer trust. So you may choose not to confide in somebody who publishes your infirmities and griefs. So lastly, what if you're gossiped too? So this is also a sin. If you receive an evil report, this is also one of the things that we're told, that we can infer from the ninth commandment. So how can we deal with this? Well, I think one thing is to turn the conversation away. We could think about whether the things that are being said to you need to be said, and what the motivation is. And also I think it's worth thinking about your motivation as well. Because for me, it's tempting to listen in and enjoy Professor such and such getting slated by the students. But no... It's time to leave. So our motivation there is also something we should pay attention to. So in closing, I think the key with gossip is to have the wisdom that comes from on high. To know when we're speaking the truth in season, and to know when we're speaking the truth out of season. So, I think our prayer should be, teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And if we want to overcome gossip, we should grow in holiness, love, and patience. These are the gifts of the Spirit. And if we do so, then may our words be seasoned with light. Thank you. Let me pray in closing. Lord, may we bridle our tongues and may it be through your Spirit Lord, I pray that you would give us such holiness and love and care for one another that gossip would never spring from our hearts or mouths. Instead, people would see us loving one another and speaking words of truth and care for one another. I pray this in your name.